Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're all enjoying your day, awesome, and not, whatever. So, <laughs> today, I mentioned this in the last episode of the podcast, that the, the format of this episode is going to be similar to how the debut episode of this podcast went, and then after this, we'll go back to the normality, because I formatted this episode and the previous episode in the style of the debut episode when I started the podcast back in late 2019, so I figure I've got the notes, why not finally go through them? So we have five specific subjects regarding Shawn Michaels for today's episode. So I'm going to, it's going to be five levels, opener, lower mid-card subject, mid-card, upper mid-card main event. So we're going to hit hard today. So for this one, normally I do like one fun fact. There are going to be two fun facts instead to open this episode. First off, Bit of a fun fact for Shawn Michaels is that at Survivor Series 2002, it was the only time where Shawn Michaels won a match on pay-per-view in Madison Square Garden in his entire WWE run. Sure, he might have won matches that happened on Raw or something like that, but in terms of pay-per-view matches that he had in Madison Square Garden, that was Shawn Michaels' only win on pay-per-view in that building. And the other fun fact is actually in regards to the Royal Rumble match, which I'll also cover in a little bit. His longest time in a Royal Rumble match back, was back in 1995 when he lasted 38 minutes, 41 seconds. The very first Royal Rumble match that he actually won out of two. And his shortest time in a Royal Rumble match was five years prior in 1990 when he only lasted 12 seconds. Kind of weird. Especially when you look at the little fact that I'm going to have about Shawn Michaels later on involving Royal Rumble. Now, a little bit of a one that I personally love. That is a couple mo few moments of Shawn Michaels' best work as a heel throughout WWE, and I've managed to come up with four times where he got pretty damn good heel with how he was when it came to being heel or turning heel. The first one, of course, the breakup of the Rockers. It seemed like the Rockers were having issues as 91 was closing going into 92. Both men were on the barbershop segment. Seemed like everything was fine after they shook hands and hugged. Then Shawn Michaels is like, nah, fuck you. Sweet chin music. Well, just a super kick at the time because he didn't have his finisher just yet. And took Marty Jannetty, threw him through the window. Or sorry, should I say Marty Jannetty dove through it as a coward. And that was the end of the Rockers. Huge moment there and really started Shawn Michaels' projection up as a single star. Another night where he did an awesome job as heel was just rallying the crowd up the night of the one-night-only pay-per-view when he went up against the British Bulldog and after becoming European champion, being the first-ever Grand Slam champion, just berating the crowd, freaking attacking Davey Boy, even with Diana air in the ring, trash getting thrown at him. He knew how to piss that crowd off just being himself. Third great instance, the January 19, 1998 edition of Raw, which was the night after Royal Rumble, it seemed like The Undertaker was coming down from the rafters after surviving that whole wick casket. Then as soon as the light turns on, suddenly the wick gets thrown off and the outfit's coming off and it's Shawn Michaels just taunting and disrespecting The Undertaker. Pretty damn good moment. And then, like, dance around and getting out of Undertaker's attire to DX music. Gotcha, folks. And then my personal favorite. I talked about this a little while ago. His promo in Montreal on the August 15, 2005 edition of Raw. Who's your daddy, Montreal? One of his greatest promos ever. Without a shadow of a doubt, his heel, phenomenal. Now, I can title this one called Ready to Rumble, which is going to be talking about the history of Shawn Michaels' Royal Rumble match eliminations because 
either he's got the most elimination still or second most depending on how many Kane has also got because Kane's also up there within the records of most eliminations in his entire career within Royal Rumble matches and I've found every elimination Shawn Michaels got in a Royal Rumble match. 1989 first ever elimination he made was to Ron Bass a name probably people don't really remember about. Next elimination would not happen for another three years at Royal Rumble 1992 when he eliminated El Matador, Tito Santana, who he would then later on go to face at WrestleMania, and I'll bring that up a little bit later as well. No eliminations in 93. 94, he managed to get five eliminations in that match, eliminating Diesel, Mabel, Thurman Sparkplug Holly, aka Bob Holly, and four... Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's four names, and Marty Jannetty. So four names in the 94 Rumble. Then you get to 90-95, the big group of eliminations. eliminations. Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, Dr. P Tom Pritchard, Bushwhacker Luke, Jacob Blue of one of the Blue Brothers, Bushwhacker Butch, so he got rid of the, both of the Bushwhackers, uh, Aldo Montoya, a.k.a. <laughs> AKA Just Incredible with the jockstrap on his face, uh, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog, and with that elimination caused him to win the Royal Rumble match overall. 96, when he won the Royal Rumble for the second year in a row, got rid of Yokozuna, Vader, the 1-2-3 kid, Jerry Lawler, Owen Hart, Dr. Isaac Yankum, British Bulldog, and the final elimination to get the win of the match, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. And of course that was one with switching music taking him out of the ring, which was awesome. Now, he wouldn't get into the Royal Rumble match again until 2005, because it's like 97, he went up against, like I said, 98, he went up against The Undertaker, was gone for a few years. 2003, he did not get any eliminations because he was the first man in and then got thrown out by Chris Jericho. 2004, he had the, la the last man standing match against Triple H. And then you get to 2005. Unless, two unless 2003, he was credited for taking out Chris Jericho, I don't remember, but as far as I remember, he did not get any there. Then you get 2005, only gets three eliminations there. Simon Dean, Charlie Haas, and Kurt Angle, which then lead to Kurt Angle eliminating him and then get their feud going off of WrestleMania. 2006, when he was going up in the feud against Vince McMahon, he managed to eliminate Trevor Murdoch, Johnny Nitro, and Shelton Benjamin. But that last one out of three being pretty cool because he got switching music to knock Shelton Benjamin off the apron, which was a nice touch. Uh, 2007, where he became the runner-up, eliminated Finlay. Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton, and Edge, and then he was the last man eliminated, being eliminated by The Undertaker, Undertaker who ducked Sweetie Music to dump John Michaels over the top rope. 2008, eliminated Shelton Benjamin and The Undertaker. So that was actually pretty good. He did not participate in the 2009 Royal Rumble, and then 2010 was his final one where he was determined to win the match and then challenge The Undertaker to the world title, as I mentioned in the Road to WrestleMania 26 episode of the podcast, eliminated Carlito, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase Jr., John Morrison, Drew McIntyre, and his DX teammate, Triple H. Because, of course, anything goes. Alliances don't matter in the Royal Rumble match. Now for the upper mid-card section of the episode. Going to talk about all of Shawn Michaels' championship wins in WWE and how he lost them all because we all know Shawn Michaels is not a fan of dropping championships over his WWE career. So his first ever recognized championship reign actually began when he was Intercontinental Champion on the November 14, 1992 edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. He won the championship from the British Bulldog. This was right before British Bulldog was released from the company. 
because Bulldog was supposed to defend that championship at Survivor Series against the Mountie, but instead they had to drop the championship, so Shawn Michaels became champion, and he was became Intercontinental Champion versus WWF Champion at Survivor Series when he went up against Bret, but the Intercontinental Championship was not on the line. How did this title reign end? Well, it was on the May 17, 1993 edition of Raw when he lost it to Marty Jannetty thanks to a distraction by Mr. Perfect, but that title reign would not last long for Jannetty despite the big celebration, because on a house show on the June 6, 1993 edition of like house show, when I believe it was the night that Big Daddy Cool Diesel actually debuted, Sean would win the championship back from Marty Jannetty. How does title reign end? Well, unfortunately, it ended on the on September 27, 1993, when he was stripped of the championship due to his actual suspension for testing positive for steroids, which Shawn Michaels completely denies. So in storyline, they try to say, hey, we're stripping him the championship because he has not been defending it as required. Like with the whole 30-day title reign thing, which I've also covered before. But then he comes back, he's saying that, hey, I'm still Intercontinental Champion, I was never stripped, but... That was the set of their match for WrestleMania with Razor for the ladder match. Now, his next title reign would not happen until the August 28th, 1994 house show, which is right before SummerSlam, when Shawn Michaels Diesel, the two dudes with Attitude, won the tag team championships against the Head Shrinkers, who were supposed to defend the championships at SummerSlam against, I think it was IRS and Bam Bam Bigelow. So that just became a standard match, and Shawn Michaels and Diesel were like, okay, house show, we're tag champions. How did this title reign end? Well, it was the Survivor Series when Shawn Michaels and Diesel's tag team dis dissolved because Shawn hit Switching Music again on Diesel on accident. Team dissolved, and despite being tag team champion, Shawn Michaels was like, you know what, I don't need this anymore. Got rid of the tag titles, and then Diesel infamously with his backstage promo said, like, threw down a tag team title and just said, what a pittance. So, tag team championships are vacated because, oh, we're not team anymore, we're not happy, fuck this. Now, In Your House 2 would be Sean's next title reign win as he would win the Intercontinental Championship from Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, that musical artist. Now, how, also, briefly, they try to say that he became Tag Team Champions at In Your House 3 when himself and Diesel defeated British Bulldog and I believe it was he was teaming with Yokozuna that night to temporarily replace Owen Hart. Owen still got in the match, took the pin, and... At the moment, for a moment, Diesel and Shawn Michaels recognized the tag team champions, but I think they completely denied that, or even recognized that, because the next night, the titles were put back on Owen and Yokozuna, because it was like, hey, Owen was technically not a legal competitor, because the legal competitors for the night, at that point, because of circumstances, were Bulldog and Yokozuna, so Owen took the pin, championships should not have changed hands, so championships were changed right back because of a technicality. Now, how did the Intercontinental Championship reign end for Shawn Michaels? Well, in In Your House 4, he was supposed to defend the championship one-on-one -on -one against Dean Douglas. But prior to this, Shawn Michaels got attacked in the whole barroom against one Marine or a dozen or however many Marines it was. It was most likely just one. They wanted to overinflate the numbers. And because he was too beat up to defend the championship, he just forfeited the belt to Dean Douglas. The whole validity of that has been questioned over the years. But title reign ends via forfeit. So, so far, only like three years after he won his first championship, he only had one instance where he actually got beaten for the title. Even if it wasn't 100% cleanly, because again, there was a distraction for, on Marty's behalf by Mr. Perfect, but still, all of these championship, championship droppings are just getting ridiculous. Now you get to WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels wins the championship, WWF championship from Bret Hart, Ironman match, boyhood dream comes true. How do you lose the championship? Well... 
Survivor Series 96, he would lose the title to Psycho Sid because of like, the whole camera being used and Jose Lothario having a heart attack or whatever the hell happened. And with Jack Knight, or Powerbomb, Psycho Sid becomes WWF champion and was getting a big face reaction despite pretty much being a heel in the match. Now you go to Royal Rumble. Shawn Michaels in the Alamo Dome regains the WWF Championship from Psycho Sid. How did this title reign end? <laughs> this has controversy written all over it. February 13, 1997. Thursday, Raw Thursday. Shawn Michaels was going to defend the championship against Psycho Sid. But Shawn lost his smile saying he might have to retire because of a knee injury and forfeited the championship. Because the whole rumored plans was that at WrestleMania 13, it was going to be Shawn defending the title against Brett. Shawn did not want to drop the championship to Brett, so they're saying that it's most likely Shawn feigned a knee injury to get out of the match. And Shawn would not have another match for about another three months, but still, we got to question the validity of it. But another time where the championship is just like, okay, I'm chilling going to be champion anymore. Here we go. Now, his next title reign would not happen for until the May 25th, 1997 edition of Raw, where Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold would defeat Owen Hart in the British Bulldog to become tag team champions, and they did the whole tag team champions can't get along storyline. How did this reign end? July 14, 1997 edition of Raw, the championships are declared vacant because after a backstage scuffle between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, after, because of Shawn doing the whole Sunny Days promo, Shawn was like, oh, this place is unfair or unsafe to work with. I got my hair ripped out. And Shawn got suspended, so tag titles were vacated because of that. It's just like, good God. This is, this is ridiculous. Now you get to the one-night-only pay-per-view. Shawn Michaels would win the European Championship from the British Bulldog. The plans were for Bulldog to retain because he was undefeated in these big European shows. But Shawn said, hey, I should be champion, become Grand Slam champion, and we could set up a rematch, which never happened. So he's European champion. Then you get also to Survivor Series. Shawn Michaels is a double champion because in the Montreal Screwjob, he wins the title from Brett, WWF title from Brett, so Shawn's a double champion. How does the European title, like, freaking championship drop happen? December 22nd, 1997 edition of Raw, farce match against Triple H. Clock up, gets thrown down, Sean just lays there like he got freaking shot in the head. Triple H mounts off the ropes, weak splash, cover. Oh, I can't believe I lost. So he dropped the championship to his best friend in a farce match. Now, how did the WWF championship reign end? WrestleMania 14, one-on-one against Stone Cold. Misses with switching music, gets hit with a stunner, one, two, three by Mike Tyson, and that was it. So Sean technically dropped the mat, dropped the championship cleanly, even though he was not really looking forward to doing so. But Undertaker threatened to kick his ass if he didn't do so, so he had no choice. So this would be Sean's last title reign for a while, and then he finally started to clean up his act with his backstage attitude and didn't have the whole controversy and everything with being a prima donna. Well, that we at least know of. Now, you get to Survivor Series 2002. He wins the World Heavyweight Championship in the six-man Elimination Chamber match, the first-ever Elimination Chamber, from Champion Triple H and fellow challengers Chris Jericho, Booker T, Kane, and Rob Van Dam. So it was his only world title, other world title reign of his career. How did he lose it? Well, he lost in a three-stages of the Hell match against Triple H and Armageddon. First fall was a street fight, second fall was a steel cage, and the third and final deciding fall was a ladder match. So yeah, he lost it to his best friend, but it was still a pretty damn good match. Now, his next title reign in WWE would not happen for another four years because on the January 29th, 2007 edition of Raw, he would win the Tag Team Championships with John Cena 
we would later face WrestleMania 23 while also being tag team champions still by defeating Rated RKO. So this was one of two other tag, one of two tag team title reigns Sean would have for the rest of his career. How did he lose tag team titles? Well, on the May 2nd or April 2nd, 2007 edition of Raw, the night after WrestleMania 23, Jonathan Coachman decided, hey, you guys are going to defend the tag team titles in a battle royal where if one member of a tag team is eliminated, the entire team's gone. They survived the first battle royal, but then Coachman's like, okay, that's the first one. Now you're going to defend it in another one against all these tag teams. And Sean, during that second one, decided, hey, you know what, Cena? Fuck you. Throw him over the top rope. We don't need to be tag team champions anymore. So they, so Shawn Michaels caused the team to lose the tag titles, and Hardy Boys would end up winning the overall second battle royal, become world tag team champions. Now Shawn's only other tag, other title reign in WWE after this, TLC 2009, where himself Triple H won a tag team TLC match against Jericho, Big Show and Chris Jericho to become the unified tag team champions, which is kind of surprising. It took this long for both men to become tag team champions after all this time. And how did they lose the tag titles? Well, it was on the February 8th, 2010 edition of Raw, where they lost in a triple threat tag team match against Showmiz, the newly formed Showmiz, The Miz and Big Show, and the Straight Edge Society, being CM Punk and Lou Gallows, with The Miz getting the pin on Shawn Michaels to cause the titles to change hands, and that was it for Shawn Michaels being a champion in WWE history. Now on to our main event of the episode, Mr. WrestleMania. Yes, the stage where Shawn Michaels has always prospered throughout his career, so I figure, why not talk about his entire history in WrestleMania matches? Now, this is not going to include 20A, where he's a special guest referee, no managerial stuff, it has to be where he's having matches. So, to start off, WrestleMania 5, when he was still the Rockers, they managed to fail to defeat Akeem, the African Dream, and the big boss man, aka the Twin Towers, no relation to 9-11, make that clear, so they lost their WrestleMania debut in a tag team match against the Twin Towers. WrestleMania 6, they failed to also defeat the Orient Express, being Pat Tanaka and Saito. So that was another tag team gone. WrestleMania 7, they managed to get a tag team victory over the Barbarian and Haku. Either that was by pinfall or uh, disqualification. It was something. I It was a bit of an iffy finish, but that was the only tag team win in WrestleMania. After this, the team split off, and every other match that Shawn Michaels had after this at WrestleMania would be in singles roles. WrestleMania 8, he would defeat El Matador, a.k.a. Tito Santana. I believe that was the opening of the pay-per-view, but he got a one-on-one -on -one victory over all of a sudden against El Matador. Not a big build. WrestleMania 9, for Shawn Michaels' Intercontinental Championship, he would lose via countout to the undefeated Tatanka, Buffalo. WrestleMania 10, the, infamous, the first ever ladder match in WrestleMania history to determine the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Shawn Michaels was claiming to still be Intercontinental Champion because he never lost a championship despite that suspension and vac title vacancy. Razor Ramon became champion in his absence, so one legit Intercontinental Champion, one man claiming to be still champion. Who's the undisputed champion? Well, it would be Razor Ramon after ascending the ladder while Shawn was still caught in the ropes to retrieve both belts and become champion. WrestleMania 11. He would fail to defeat Diesel in the WWF Championship match, match best known for Shawn Michaels intentionally screwing up the jackknife powerbomb to try to make his best friend look bad because he wanted that spot as a world champion. WrestleMania 12, he would succeed in overtime, winning the 60-minute Iron Man match against Bret Hart, making the boyhood dream come true by becoming WWF Champion. Now, he's supposed to compete at 13, knee injury, we just went over that. 14, 
He would drop the championship to Stone Cold, like I said. Was going for Sweet and Music, Stone Cold avoided it. Locked the stunner, Sweet and Music block again, spun around, stunner, Mike Tyson counts the pin, no longer champion. And that would be his last WrestleMania match for the next five years because of his back injury. Get to WrestleMania 19, he would succeed in defeating Chris Jericho in a one-on-one -on -one match, kind of a man idol versus man who idolized him type of storyline. It was an awesome one-on-one -on -one match, especially for Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania return. Now you get to 20, he would fail to defeat the World Heavyweight Champion Triple H in the eventual winner Chris Benoit in a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Bloody, fantastic triple threat, one of the best triple threats you could ever see. 21, you would fail to defeat Kurt Angle in a one-on-one -on -one match. Phenomenal one-on-one -on -one match, one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. Even there was a, a brand versus brand type of match like SmackDown, Kurt Angle versus Raw, Shawn Michaels. Still an unbelievable match. Dream match, more than paid off. 22, he would defeat Vince McMahon in a no-holds-bar match. Match that I honestly don't feel should have been match of the year compared to other matches that year. But it was so great to see Vince McMahon get his ass kicked to the point where he got stretchered off. Uh, 23, he had failed to defeat John Cena for the WWE Championship. They had a bit of a better match later on, a few weeks later on Raw. But still, this was an awesome main event. I mean, some people might debate whether this or the World Heavyweight title match was better between Undertaker and Batista. But I mean, to each their own, I still kind of prefer this match a little bit more. But it was still like an awesome match regardless. 24, he would defeat Ric Flair to end Ric Flair's WWE in-ring career. Like I mentioned, the Ric Flair WWE retirement episode of the podcast. Phenomenal match. Story was awesome. Drama. Emotion. Back and forth action. Mind-blowing match. And then comes the final two WrestleMania matches. Both were legendary. 25, he would fail to defeat Undertaker. Undertaker going 17-0 WrestleMania. And at that point, Shawn had never been beaten by the Undertaker one-on-one. -on -one. one of the Probably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, give or take Brett vs. Stone Cold WrestleMania 13. Again, that's subjective. But still a mind-blowing match. And then at 26, to conclude his active in-ring career, not counting the one-off match at Crown Jewel 2018... I believe it was 2018, yeah. He would fail to defeat The Undertaker in a match where only pinfall is their submission count, and because of the stipulation, Shawn Michaels' career as an active in-ring competitor came to an end. So that was a lot of, like, insane matches. Some matches weren't most memorable. Like I said, the tag matches as part of the Rockers and the WrestleMania 8 match against uh, El Matador, Tito Santana. But every other WrestleMania match, you can't forget from Shawn Michaels. Because he always managed to steal the show once he came into his own, became a main event guy, to the point where it's like, hey, it's his playground, don't try to outshine him. So ladies and gentlemen, that concludes yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. The World podcast. Let me know you all thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to leave a like, comment what you thought below, subscribe to the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service. And next episode, we're going to get back to the status quo don't plan on any other episodes being in this format again, because this that is a lot of information to go over, especially for one episode. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out. Get everybody. I need a drink. <laughs>